everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm sports editor Mark Podolsky. I'm joined by entertainment editor Mark Mazur. Say hello. 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 And our special guest, as you usually drag him out of the closet every once in a while, Jeff Schudel, our pro, pro sports writer. And this is a big day for the Browns, obviously. Uh, a lot of movement going on in free agency. We're recording this on a Thursday. Let's just go over Two hours before free agency begins. So right, right. Oh, this is still officially the no tamp or the legal tampering period? Yeah, it's okay. four o'clock. It's, it's two o'clock right now, so we have two hours. But obviously, the Schefters of the world, they're right. breaking everything left yeah. and right, as they usually do. Because the agents call them. Absolutely. We know how it works, right? Uh, so, I think the biggest news is they've re-signed Joel Petonio. Big time. I don't know how much they gave him, but they gave him... It's like $51 million for five or six years. Yeah, right. So. If he's healthy, he's terrific. He's the holdover. That's I mean, a big if. That's a big if. He's he's had, what, two two out of three years where injuries have really kind of slowed him down? Well, slowed him, him down to the point of injured reserve. Right. And then they re, they signed uh, a free agent center from the Packers. J.C. Treader, who we Treder. talked about in Cleveland Beat right. back in January. Right. So you had your eyes on this guy for a while right. now. And uh, made a little splash with a wide receiver um, I'm kind of scratching my head about this one. Kenny Britt, uh, you know, he's battled injuries his whole career. When he's in there, he's pretty good. He's had a pretty good track record when he's in there. That's a big if, though, sometimes. Yeah, right. $32 million over four years. Of course, I think not all guaranteed. I think about yes. half of it. $17 million Okay, about almost a little more than half guaranteed, which segues into this. Where does this leave now? They've got a ton of money under the cap still. Yeah, where's this leave with the Ter- Terrell Pryor situation? Uh, Who's to a free me, agent? this is saying goodbye Terrell Pryor, because you don't draft four wide receivers a year ago, and then have these two guys. And then where does that leave everybody but right. Corey Coleman? And I think they're, you know, they're just tired of dealing with um, with, with Pryor and, and Rosenhaus. Especially, you, you think it's just money? No, I think you know I. People aren't going to like this. But you know what? I think there's still Terrell Pryor here. It's still the same guy that sold his Ohio State stuff for a tattoo. Right. He's I still, agree. He is, he is that same person. Okay. And so. And how much do you want? You know, he's just a scary guy to give all the money in the world to. And, you know, and, and I mean, every time you talk to okay. him, he says he's a team. I'm a team right. player. Do team players have to tell you they're team players? I don't think they do. Okay. So. Folks, a big talent. Okay, so let's let's talk about this just in a football sense, because I'm just looking at this in a football right, sense. Right, right. You got a six six guy with this freakish athletic ability, and what is if you're an elite receiver in this league? I'm sorry, but nine out of ten of them are divas. I'm willing to. I'm, yeah, willing, to, I'm willing to live with that if this guy can put up some good numbers. And look, this guy was been a full time receiver for one year. One year. You let this guy walk, and he turns into the next Randy Moss. I, I, I can live with that. I, 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 I think the Browns are going to regret this decision if he walks. And, he, and if he goes to a good team, look out. I mean, if he goes to New England, yeah. look out. I'm just saying look out. And then we're going to be sitting here a year from now. Oh, my gosh. That's just my prediction. I could be yeah. wrong. I could be wrong. But to me, Kenny Britt, just another guy. He's just another guy. I don't think he's anything special. I, I mean, we're not we're, – I mean, so we're, we're, this team is back to square one again. It, I, you know, this, the problem with this team is they have no playmakers. Right. Yeah. And you got your one playmaker on your team, and they're just saying, see you later, you we know, don't need no, you. No, Mark, I still think. Mitchell Schwartz. I, I still think that. Um, we don't need you. 
that he had a thousand seven yards. I think those were hollow yards. Okay, that's fine. That that's fine. I mean, what wasn't hollow on that team last year? Yeah, everything was hollow on that team. So you got to have some building point. I think prior is such a complex situation. It's it's unfortunate timing. I think you'd feel better about the Browns if you had one more year on the team. You could see how he developed. It's just I think he's a scary guy to give all that money to. Okay, I, I get it. And okay, what he did at Ohio State, you know, it was shady. Did he break any laws? But don't you still see a hothead? I still see a hothead. I see a guy who pushes off all the time. I see a guy who... Where do you see a hothead? I don't understand. Like, on the field. I mean, he gets these taunting calls, and he... Like, I don't think he channels his emotions very well. I... And you're right. He could go on to have an amazing I think you guys career. are grasping a straw here. This guy's never... No, I think you are. This guy... Okay, show me... You want to make it very simple. Wait, hold on. Show me the rest record for this guy. Well, yeah. Okay, I, I mean, you're telling me yeah. he's such a bad guy and a bad guy in the locker room. He might be. But I mean, you know, you're acting like this guy's a criminal. I mean, no, like I think you want to have this. I don't know. You want to have an argument with no nuance. This didn't happen, so he's great. Like, wait, it, I, just, I like talent. You guys are poking about a taunting call last year, which everybody disputes. You saw that taunting call, right? That wasn't a taunting. Call. I saw a guy who no, that constantly. Was a, had, that was really a bad. Call. And then you're saying, you're saying you're saying he pushes off. Had, I had saw a guy who constantly off. struggled to control. Good. I want you to push off if you can get open. As long as I'm not going to call you, that's not, you're going to hold that against it. I mean, I, well, I this is going to be a good debate because I think, I, don't know, I, I mean, the Browns tried to keep him, but I think it, it did come down to money. Well, he went to like $15 million a year. You cannot pay him more than, you, than Julio Jones is. Right? I, like I agree there. Number, if he's asking for the moon, okay, then you're outpricing your value. Right. So that, so that All I'm saying is that this guy, you know, if you had a chance to look at Antonio Gates when he first started coming into the league, yeah. and, and you, you know his first year, you know he's a, he's a converted basketball player, and prior is a converted quarterback. I mean, I just think you're he's just reaching his tip of his you know uh, potential here, and then now you're going to let him walk. I I just think it's a mistake. Look, it has nothing to do with that he was from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. It has everything to no. It has everything to do that this guy is six six, current a four whatever, is two hundred forty pounds, and it's a matchup nightmare. You can't find those guys, and they got them walking off the street. I love big tall receivers. I agree with everything you're saying. I just don't want to give him the moon. Well, I'll agree with you there. I, I think and this is the, that's the great unknown. We don't know what he's asking. If well, he's I, asking, I, said, for I think 50, he's asking like fifteen minutes. And well, I then, think, I then, think then, then, then it's a different conversation. And I think there's um, concern once he gets that money. Well, really he work hard on the field. He he strikes me as one of those guys, and the Browns get burned by that kind of situation. You know, they have to overpay, and then they're stuck with a guy. I think I, that's. I don't want to see. A I walk. think that's I a. Ba- see- I think that's just like you're stereotyping. I, I you know I don't. Well, there's a degree of truth to that. I, I don't. You know, how can you say that? I mean, like anybody, you could say that about. You know, if this was a no-brainer, I think even the Browns would be signing him. I just don't think it's a no-brainer. I mean. Here's my sense. He hasn't signed yet. I guess my biggest argument is if you're going to give Kenny Britt $32 million, I'd be willing to give Terrell Pryor $40 million. I'll give him $40 I mean, Mike Glennon yeah, got $15 million. Yeah. And, and I mean, well, I mean that's crazy. I'm just saying, like, if that's what the market is and you have the money under the cap, I mean, why can't they sign Pryor and Britt? I think it's still a possibility. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it seems like they've if set he their wants, number. If he wants wait, $12 yeah. million, would you be able to? Hedge you know on what? That. It's easy for I. I, I I'm saying it's easy to spend somebody else. I know money. it is. I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I just 
I think we me. can. I think we can have another debate once we see what he signs for. Right. Because there's going to be a number where I'm going to go. No, oh, the Browns should have paid that. Again, I don't want to see. I, him all I'm saying is that if if this guy ends up in like Green Bay or New England or someplace, and he's just you know an All Pro for eight to ten years, we're going to be sitting here going, "Oh, yep, they could have had him." I believe Bill Belichick's going to sign him for fifteen million dollars a year when it happens. I just don't. Well, see yeah, he, they never splurge on top free agents except for you know. In rare instances, like right. Tom Brady's of the world, and, you know. But anyway, so uh, do you expect anything else today? Do you expect anything well, else coming I mean, up? Well, something could always happen, but I mean, you know, four o'clock is going to be. But they have going, all this money. They have just right, gobs and right, gobs right. of money. It sounds like it's about a hundred million, right? Right. They have one hundred two million under the cap. How many? What is the cap overall? One sixty-seven. Wow. And so the Browns have more money than any other team. Do you think they're going to spend it all? They have not no, been spending no. it all. No, they won't. Um, but um, you spend it all when you're knocking on the door, and right? You and to... yeah, you always have to. But you always have to have some room because you know, you know you cannot. You, you have, have to look ahead. You always have to. Look you got to get the Josh McCowns in the world on your team. <laughs> you always have to look ahead. <laughs> so You're such a child. I know. So you were in Indianapolis. Let's just uh, right. Do a little wrap up from the combine. Big uh, news for Northeast Ohio. Mitch Trubisky. Mitchell. Mitch. I'm sorry. Gosh, I can't believe I just said that. Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Don't get Performed pretty man. well. Ran a really yeah. nice 40 time. Threw the ball well. I mean, it's debatable these passing drills when you're throwing against air, so to speak. But you got a chance to meet him in, in terms of the the media. I thought he was impressive. You know, he looked comfortable. But I tell you what. I was really impressed with Deshaun Watson okay. in, in the interviews. Um, I went up to write uh, Mitch Trubisky's story before uh, uh, Deshaun Kaiser spoke, but um, I was impressed by both those guys. But Watson really seemed comfortable. Right. Now, that you certainly don't draft a guy because he's comfortable in front right. of reporters, but I'm just telling you that he was. Yeah. And um, But I thought Trubisky looked confident. He came up cross that way and um i think what's interesting now is the way this um these these signings are shaping it's real up real interesting because now I don't, I don't think the um 49ers are done just because they got brian hoyer that i works. think they i think they still draft a quarterback i think they put themselves in great a great spot that they, well, they like right. the best they got right. their backup but so right. the uh the bears, bears signed glenn and that yeah. kind of takes some out of the equation oh, the bears did get glenn going, and then, yeah yeah was there another signing did the Jets sign a quarterback, or I don't think so. Not okay, so you got, all. you know, you got the Bears kind of off the, off the reservation in terms right. of the first round. So you still have Forty Niners at two. But, but I still think the maybe uh, the Jets at six. Yeah, and but I think that the Forty ers they really want Kirk Cousins. Right. So, so if that happens. So yeah. they're not going to. Um, still a lot to happen here, right? So they're not even if they don't get him now. I don't think they're going to draft one of those rookies. Right. And then trade for well, and then then 10, sign Cousins next. And then at 10, the Bills restructured Tyrod Taylor, right. so, which takes him off the table for the Browns. That was right. like a hot rumor for a right. few days. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff is kind of yeah. materializing. You know, I think there might be a decent shot that if the 49ers don't, if they even if they take a quarterback at two. They're not going to. Well, I'm just saying if they yeah, do, right. there might be a shot. Let's say the Browns go with Garrett at one, and then like they say, take either Trubisky or Watson at two, there's a shot that the one they don't take could be available at the, for the Browns at 12. Right. right. I don't think 
Don't 24 you think, hours ago, it might not look that way. Don't you think based on this Browns organization, though, they're not going to like both of those guys. Maybe they like one. Right. If the other one's gone, no. they're not going to take the other one. Right. Yeah, that's what happened last year, right? Right. Uh, I mean, Bob I like them both. I like Trubisky and Watson both. I think, I think you can make an argument for either. I don't think yeah. either is a real sure bet. Right. I mean, but who is? You know, and, and Merrill Hodge. I need to believe this Garoppolo thing. Merrill Hodge, who, you know, might be, you know, Skip Bayless Jr. I mean, that guy will say anything just to go off the, you know, he just goes. He's, he's right about Manziel. He was. And, but he, he used words like train wreck and disaster when he's asked about Trubisky, if he had to play immediately. I mean, like, somebody uh, tweeted it at me, like, yeah, couldn't you say that really about any quarterback who comes into the league drafted number like in the first round yeah, if they had most. to play immediately? Yeah. You can almost say that about every right. single quarterback. But his, his I mean, look was, at Peyton Manning. He threw 28 interceptions as, as yeah. a rookie. I mean, they, they're all going to struggle, mm-hmm. and it's going to be, you know, that's all about growth. As a quarterback yeah. in the NFL, his point was uh, he's just not ready, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, Peyton had more than thirteen starts. Exactly, right? And and, and look, I don't think anybody would admit that you know he's going to come in and light the world on fire, right? He's gonna it's, he's going to be a work in progress, and maybe even Watson's like that too. You know, it might be a struggle for Watson early on. It could be a struggle for all these guys yeah. early on. But you know, when you're the Browns, I think the fans, and I think Jimmy Haslam. Can stomach growth if you got a guy in place. Yeah. If you keep putting the the uh, McCowns of the world and and the the, the uh, REG threes of the world right, out yeah, there, exactly. and you're and just was, spinning well, a wheel in mud almost. Let me ask a related question because I just haven't been keeping up with that much. What is the latest on RG three? He's still on the team and has that bonus deadline coming up, or did that pass? No, he's still on the team. Yes, and he the bonus is seven hundred fifty thousand dollars on March eleventh. So what what are you hearing, or what do you think is going to happen there now? With Tyrod Taylor not coming, I wonder if there's more of a chance that RG three is kept around. Oh, he'll he, yeah, they're not going to get rid of him. Okay, they're not. I mean, the only reason, way they would do that now would be if they got Garoppolo in the trade in the next two days. And Nate, the idea of trading two first round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo turns my it. stomach. I mean, no, but I trade number twelve. You know what? I, that Garoppolo thing, I don't think that's over it. When I don't either. I, when everybody says they're not trading him, I'm like, that's a smokescreen. They're probably going to trade him now. Yeah. They don't, probably don't want to trade him now. They probably want to trade him on draft day or something. Well, I think I think it'll happen before then. You think so? Because um, let's say this: it's going to either happen like the next week, in the next few days, or not until draft day. It's not going to happen yeah. like on um, right. April first, right, you know. right, right, right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe you could give up twelve for him. But I'm still. You I'm, could sell me on twelve and just about anything else. You got to, you got to come out with Miles Garrett of the draft. I think. Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just. Do you have to? I just when there's a clear when you've got the number one pick and everyone says like this is the guy of the draft. I want that guy. I mean, you got to give me really something to get out of that. Position. I wouldn't trade the pick unless I really get something. Crazy, you know, like the 49ers give them the second pick and uh, and their first pick in the right second, you know, in the second round and their, their second. Yeah, round look, I, I, do I am either. always do that. worried about drafting a guy number one overall if he's not a quarterback. That's just me. I, well, I, I just am. You know, I just I just remember walking off the field with Chris Palmer in the, in 2000. Like you guys are shoulder to shoulder yeah, talking. Actually, we were. And, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> and um, he told me that more defensive ends fail 
and number one than quarterbacks. It's a lot of, I mean, you know, and, and it's like you can't control what you're going to do when you're a quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all in your surroundings. When you're a defensive right. end and you're trying to, and you're trying to do too much, you can take yourself well, okay. out of the Let's play make the case for him. He had a great combine, right? By all yeah. accounts. He, I keep hearing that he could play in multiple different defensive situations. He's not just a three, four yeah, guy or a guy. four, three guy. Yeah. A- athletic. And then he's, Unlike your quarterback, I think he's coming into a defense that actually has some other parts. You know, you've locked up Jamie Collins. You got. Yeah, I don't what think else? he needs to carry the whole thing. What else do you have in that defense? They don't, I'm forgetting or, people. They don't. Yeah, well, that's good to do. You know, you forgot one little thing. He doesn't want to play here. Yeah, that's that, that's that, not. A big don't, deal. Let's not worry about that, yeah, right? He said. Okay, yeah, he said that's not the case. But no, of course he's not. Of course he's going to say that in front well, of the reporters at the I, combine. I, st- I still don't think that. Um, That'd be a silly reason not to draft him. I still don't think that. Um, video was dissing the Browns. I and mean, he just saying he wants to play for it. He didn't say, please, I right. don't send me to Cleveland. <laughs> when I heard about it and then saw it, it wasn't nearly as bad as I let my mind, you know, yeah. I, I thought it was going to be what you were just I mean, it's, it's not a good look. I think you would have said that unless it, unless the Patriots or the Broncos or somebody like that had the first pick. Of course, yeah. I don't think, I think, yeah, I think he would have so. said that. For any team. Oh, look, I don't blame him. I wrote a column about that. You yeah. know, blame the Browns right. for being horrible for, yeah. since 1999. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but these guys are coming here for the money, right? Not because you know, let's relive the glory years of the 50s and the 80s. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I know you got to get going. So let's wrap it up real quick. Did the Browns get better today? Oh yes, they did. Yes, they did for sure. And Much better uh, or just marginally better? Uh, no, I think I think they they got they got better for sure. I mean. It, yeah, but I think they're not done. Yeah, if they could get Zeitler on at right guard, and it's Wagner at uh, right tackle that we wrote about today. Right. I'm tell you what, that offensive line. Yeah. Is all that was a mess last year, and now it's, I'm I'm glad that they're addressing it immediately. But they have 62 sacks, a record number of sacks. Is is Urban off the? Is he going to start now, or is he kind of? Do you I think, think he'll still... compete at right tackle. Okay. Unless they could get somebody better. So they he's he's sort of still in their plans. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going to let you go, Jeff. Thanks for uh, coming in. Where, where can people follow you on Twitter? At, at JS Pro Insider. We'll be busy. Uh, we will sleep on, start, on, on Tuesday. There you go. All right, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, you, Jeff. All right, we're back we're talking pop culture. So um, Jeff has obviously left us. Mark, you're here, our entertainment guy. We're going to talk about two films, one that was released last week, one that's being released this weekend. Uh, Logan, the, I don't know, I guess this this the last Hurrah for uh, for uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I think so. Tell, tell us all about all about this film. It's funny. Bo- both these movies. It's been a surprisingly good little stretch for for the movies, given that we're not in you know summer or fall or one of these periods. I mean, spring is typically not great, right? But uh, Logan sort of. Uh, we'll like, take that back because last year was uh, in March. It was Batman v Superman. Take that back. Right, and great is a word that <laughs> most people would use to describe that movie. Um, uh, Logan kind of feels like an early fall movie, and the movie we're going to talk about, Kong Skull Island, kind of feels like a summer movie, maybe late right. summer, you know, because it's just fun. Um, but Logan, yeah, Logan's the last. Suppo- I'll believe it when some more yeah. X Men related movies come and go, and Hugh Jackman doesn't right. make a cameo. But this is his swan song as Wolverine. Uh, Logan is one of his uh, aliases, and um, it's really about you know it takes place several years in the future. Right? I don't have it in front of me, but I want to I say I think like, 2029. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's driving a 2024 like Chrysler limousine or something. It's <laughs> really? Been, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. So you know he's much older. Patrick Stewart is around as as Professor X. He's obviously much older. He's dealing with some form of uh, dementia, senility. You know, I don't know that they ever say it's Alzheimer's, but the, I like the interesting hook with, with his brain going. He's got the most powerful brain in the right. world. You know, so his brain starts having problems. It's bad news for everybody. So so this is interesting. So there, there's, are there superpowers sort of leaving them? Well, I'd say Patrick Stewart's are getting harder to control, and Wolverine's definitely, he's healing slower. His, uh, it, it seems like mortality's finally catching up with him, because his eyes aren't as good. Like, there's, there's another character who's like, I see how you struggle to read that label on the pills, you know. Right. So, age is definitely catching up to him, but he could still whoop us in, you know, two seconds Obviously. flat. So, um, and basically, they introduce this uh, young girl mutant character who has the, basically the same powers and ability and even the animanium claws as Wolverine. So it's sort of this, sort of, I called it a road movie because Patrick Stewart and, and Hugh Jackman and, and uh, this girl go on the road trying to escape the bad guys, but also sort of like a, you know, father, sort of a father-son thing between Patrick Stewart and, and, and uh, or, or Professor X and Wolverine and also maybe Wolverine and the girl, you know, he doesn't really want to have anything to do with her, but he's going to uh, need to. But it's, it's just a, uh, it's not your typical superhero movie. You know, there's more like pathos in it. There's more emotion. There's more. This it's, looks like a preacher. The AMC. Sort of. It's pretty dark. Like a preacher episode. Yeah. It's not a lot of fun, but there are little moments of levity. You know, it's directed by uh, James Mangold, who did. He's done a few films I like, but he did Walk the Line, which I'm assuming you've seen. I think uh, yeah, the, the well, Johnny Cash. Johnny, yeah, I've seen like, that. Really, that was good. I thought yeah. it was really well done. So this guy brings something to the table. I, I just think if you have any interest in the superhero genre, and you've sort of seen your fill. I think this one's worth seeing because it's definitely. Where does it rank on the X Men pathos? <sighs> Just thinking it immediately. I so this it... is this is in that universe, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, for sure. I still don't know if it's in the Deadpool universe because that's confusing. Right. But um, I'd put it somewhere in three to four. I mean, for me, X Two is still the uh, the most successful that's ever been. You probably say X Men First Class is up there as one of the top ones, and right. then. Probably the I'd say this is right there with the first X Men, but they're very different. Days movies. of Future Passage, I like that I one. Hate, no, I hated like that I, one. I've hated the last two X Men, yeah, especially Apocalypse. But I like Days of Future Passage. Everyone likes that one. I didn't like it, but um, no, this this is better, and uh, there's just something more going on. It's it's a film. It's is, is there a finality to the Jackman as Wolverine and Patrick Stewart as Professor X story? Do you, uh, I mean, do should they I still... answer that? No, that's a little spoilery. Um, I don't think I should give answer me a that. ballpark. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the movie's been out for two weeks now. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just wondering, is there the possibility of this going going on? Or is it pretty much, okay. I think you'd have to go on with the young girl, you know, and I don't okay. know what their plans are. Okay. And, because they introduce some, basically mutants are thought to be mostly wiped out, but this girl comes around and then yeah. you meet some other young kids with right. mutant powers. Um, you know, the movie's not perfect. I think it lacked a strong villain. I think it, it's too long for what it is. There's not that much story. I think you could have trimmed 15 to 20 minutes. But overall, I liked it a lot. Do you know what the future is of the X-Men franchise now? Are they going on with the younger cast now? And I don't know. It seems like right now they're concentrating on TV. You know, there's that Legion show yeah. that's kind of tied in. There's talk of Brian Singer directing the pilot for another X-Men related right. show. I don't know. I've heard some talk, but I forget what I read. I mean, so, it's they're 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 like Deadpool. They're owned by Sony, right? The no, X Men no, no. franchise. They're owned by Fox. Or Fox, okay. And the reason, one reason they keep making, the reason Fox keeps making 
X-Men and Fantastic Four movies every so often. To not lose it? They don't lose it. There's an option. And like yeah. if they don't make it so often, then they lose the rights right. and a kickback to Marvel, I yeah. believe. So you always have to remind yourself that they're not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because yeah. they're owned by a different studio. I wonder so. if X-Men, just the whole franchise as a whole, I mean, it's so, it's, it's so expansive. But it does seem like it's getting a little stale, and they're running out of ideas. I mean, I'm sure there's more storylines, but you know, I, you know, this this was a really kind of a unique take on the the universe of the X Men. You know, what I mean, you're talking about Logan, or yeah, or the, yeah. I, it was, it was just, from every account I can read and hear, whether on a podcast or a show. This is not like a typical X Men movie, right? Correct, and it's it's nice not to uh, it's nice to see a superhero movie where ultimately the world isn't in danger of ending <laughs> right, or something. Right. You know, like no matter what happens, things are going to go yeah. on. Um, it's I will say the one thing that felt not out of place but felt like reactionary to Deadpool is this movie is very violent. Okay, like you know it's appropriately R rated, and I think there's some language. I think there's a couple f bombs maybe, but like it's for the violence. Like those claws are going in people. Man. Wow, like it's uh, so you know like. I'd be leery if I were you of taking your kid, you know. Yeah, I think I'll wait a couple years on this one. Right. So it's that, I, you know, depending, everyone can judge for themselves on their kid, but it's very violent. The so. legacy of Hugh, Jack, Hugh Jackman as, as Wolverine, um, where, where, do you, where do you place it among lines of like Christian Bale as Batman and Tobey Maguire I just Spider-Man. heard a podcast where people, where these three people ranked their, everyone who's played Batman from, from the guy we'll talk about, Kevin Conroy, who voices him to all the at the at live action actors, and I put Christian Bale up top, but none of them did. So wow. I was surprised. Everyone had Keaton up top, and I certainly think Keaton's great. Right. But just Bale is in the Batman movies that I've always wanted to see. You know, so kind of. But I think Hugh Jackman. I always want to say Hugh Jackson because of the Browns. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, I think, has been tremendous in this role. I think you know. I think it's gonna be hard to top if someone someone's eventually gonna have to take this role on again. Well, that's you asked me where they're gonna go, and I mean I haven't heard this, but it just feels like the way these things go now is they wait like three years, and then they just start over with yeah, new people. Right. And um, I think the longer they can wait to do that, the better. But we'll see because it will be it will be tough to uh, whoever becomes Wolverine at some point in the future will be compared to Hugh no Jackson, question. No so let's question. move on. Uh, opening this weekend, I'm gonna see it tonight with my wife and son. We are really excited. Kong Skull Island. I mean, you're talking to a guy who. I'm 47 years old. I remember when I was a kid, growing up, Channel 43. Yes, that it was a station. It's not just a infomercial station now, but Channel 43, WAB, every Thanksgiving. And it was even a really bigger deal in New York City. I think WOR. Remember that station out of New York, WOR? Sure. Every Thanksgiving, they would show the original King Kong. I mean, this is pre-VCR. Right. This is the only chance you had so to watch. So it was appointment viewing. Oh, my, like 8 o'clock. Thanksgiving. I remember, like, Tom. We'd go to my grandma's. Like, I remember telling my parents, "We gotta get home by eight o'clock." I mean, it was like, it was like a highlight of my year. That's and, cool that you liked it at a young age. When it, even by then, it was kind of antiquated. It, oh my, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the, the impression that movie had on me, it was just. I still watch it today. It's just like such a. It is such a nostalgic feel watching that film. And even like, I remember what showing the movie to my wife for the first time, and she's laughing at the, the animation. Of the of the stop motion stuff, right. but I mean, I just love it. I think mean, this is. But you at can that, imagine at the time. At the time, it was out, like oh on like it was cutting edge. People were like freaking out in the right. theater and everything. So, but anyway, so we're talking about the 1933 original, the 76 remake by Dino De Laurentiis, right. pretty much a train wreck. But I I love it. It was so campy. The 2005 Peter Jackson. Where does this fit into that mold? Is it totally separate from those original tales of Beauty Beast and? 
you're climbing to the top of the Empire State Building? I'd say yes, but I, I want to be clear. Like, I'm not a King Kong expert, unlike you. Like, I think I've seen that original movie one time in college. Oh, my gosh. Not much really stays with me <laughs> about it, you know. Um, I'm not sure I've ever seen the 2000... I'm sorry. I'm not 76? sure I've ever seen the 76 one. Oh, you should see it just for... I it's, probably have. It's got some pretty comedic value Right. Too. I've seen the 2005 a movie, which I thought was kind of hit and miss. It had some things I liked, some right. things I didn't. Too long. Yeah, for sure. Um, this one is just a fun, entertaining, again, like summer movie-like movie, you know, um, I'm sure there's, I'm sure you'll see it and spot some nods to the original that I didn't spot, you know, I would assume, but like, I, I didn't really. So they are, they are paying homage to that. Well, I'm, I'm, you can tell me, I'm just assuming there's, I'm assuming there's little things, but it's really not the same movie. Um, I'm running a wire story. In fact, it's how it's almost like a take on apocalypse. Now it's almost like a war because it's, it's set when America's pulling out of the Vietnam war. Yeah. I heard that Samuel Jackson is this, uh, I think he's army, but he's this military officer, this Colonel whose team gets sent over with the expedition force to this Island. And there's sort of this, he's frustrated with the way the war effort is ending. And, um, that basically carries into, you know, how he behaves towards Kong once that threat becomes live so it's sort of and, and you know the helicopters weather this storm to get onto the island the next thing you know kong's there and he's swatting at him and so it, it is sort of like apocalypse now meets a king kong movie um and they're playing great classic rock soundtrack the helicopter's oh, playing like thank um, you i can't wait yeah it's i, I forget which i forget which song because there's little stones in there there's ccr there's bowie i forget what's playing on the helicopter when he starts but he swats the helicopter that's playing the music and so the music just cuts out oh really you know, oh that's effective great. moment effective moment i mean everybody's kind of taking that uh Guardians of the Galaxy take where retro is really back in now. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. I'm like, I want to listen to the soundtrack, and it's silly because I have all these. Yes. I can easily just put together a playlist. Right, but right. like, I'm like, you got to come out with that soundtrack because <laughs> it. it just sounds so good in the movie yeah. and when the images are going on. Um, but uh, you know, this movie juggles a big cast. You got Sam Jackson, as I mentioned, Brie Larson's the heroine, Tom Hiddleston of Loki fame. Right. Yeah, just kind of the kind of the hero. But then there's a lot of other people you know, John Goodman, John C. Riley. John C. Riley is a really weirdo. He comes in later, and he's really he's really good. He's really fun. Uh, I want to say Corey Hawkins from Twenty Four Legacy, okay. straight out of Compton. He has a key part. There's a lot of people. Um, and one thing I said in my review is they're juggling so many characters that no no one character really gets to be all that developed. But it's one of those, uh, it's almost like um, Captain America's Civil War. Given how little everyone ultimately screen time, how much, how little ultimate screen time they have, there's still enough character there. You kind of get right. attached to people. Um, some people will not survive. Right. You know? So it's Kong Skull Island. So this is not a big spoiler. I'm guessing the whole story is based on the island. Whereas in the originals, it was always, they would transport Kong to New York City. To put him on display. So are we going to... He does not leave the island. We're we're spending the whole time on the well, island. Well, the story begins off the island. They go to the island. Okay. And then if some people leave the island. I don't okay. think that's too much of a spoiler. Right. Um, but the, the thing that I can't decide if is a spoiler, because it's been out there, is that this movie ties to 2014's Godzilla. Godzilla, right. And you were the first person to tell me that. I had not heard that you told yeah, me this that a, is a big. This is a big uh, prelude to a big King Kong versus Godzilla movie, apparently. Right, and that's actually, I've read a little bit. That's actually a little further down the line. There's going to be at least one movie, I think two movies possibly really? before that one. The oh, next movie that. is a Godzilla sequel called Godzilla King of Monsters or something okay. like that. And then then it might be Godzilla vs. Kong, but there might be something in between. But, you know, as I told you and I, I put in my review, if you care about this kind of thing, you got to stay all the way through the credits. Nice. There's a, there's a scene that sets up that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, two things. 
I'm I'm always big on effects, and I like the realism I, from the trailers. This Kong looks fantastic. Like, is are we gonna be wowed by the the look of him? So, all these movies now have digital effects, and they've gotten pretty good. Even with that, I thought he looked really good. Yeah. I th- and, and part of it is. Uh, the, where they had the screening, they had the 7.2 surround, so you also had speakers behind you. So the movie sounded, it looked great, it sounded great. When he's beating his chest, the theater is kind of shaking. Really? You know? Awesome. So, again, I don't want to oversell this movie. I just thought they made a really solid, really entertaining Just a great, movie. sounds like a fun popcorn movie. It really is. It really is. And they don't reinvent the wheel in any way. I mean, you can kind of see where a lot you. of the stuff is That's what you go. should not do in a Kong movie. Right. Uh, it's just amazing the way that a, a character can last. I mean, this, the, the original is over 80, more than 80 years old, and it's still like people are still excited about going to see a Kong movie. I love that. I love that about it. And I like that they, they never call him King Kong. It's They refer to him as Kong, and like, he's king here, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's it, nice. Now, it looks like there are other sort of creatures or dinosaurs that inhabit this island, too, from the trailers. Are we going to see a lot of like action fights? and? Yes. So, like, just. just that demolition commotion. And I have a bad habit. Like, I'll watch a trailer, and then I'll completely forget what they showed. So then I'm watching the movie. I'm like, so is this a surprise? Is this not a surprise? <laughs> but he battles some of these creatures that reminded me of, of some of the stuff that Godzilla fought in the in that first movie. But I could be wrong. But they're kind of these big, lizardy, right. nasty, pure evil uh, type of creatures. Nice. So, so, so they're after the humans. Kong's after them. You know. So four, two big thumbs up by Mez. Yeah, pretty big. I like it. All pretty right, we're going we're, we're to finish up. Uh, we're not going to be recording next week, but uh, coming to Cleveland, the third year is Wizard World. And if, you, if you're if you a pop culture geek like I am and I know you are, you've got to go. you got to go. It's so much fun. It's at the convention center downtown. I've gone the first two years. I'm taking my son again. He actually might dress up this year. And it's just, it, just for I think the, you should dress up. Yeah, right. But just for the people watching, and the, I mean, I'm not kidding you. Every, I, I would say for every, I mean, if you get there in like mid afternoon around one o'clock, two two o'clock, right after lunchtime. I mean, you are literally shoulder to shoulder walking through this place. And so, like, if you hate big crowds, this might not be the thing for you. But if you like to watch people in dress up mode, I mean, I'm not kidding you. Every Ten people, you'll see someone's dressed up in some sort of awesome costume. I mean, these people take it really serious, and they look fantastic. When I went, which I can't remember honestly if it was last year or the year before, I went at like four o'clock on the last day on that Sunday. And you were probably crowd, okay. The crowd was more manageable. Right. There was still plenty to look at, and I yeah. enjoyed it. But that might be more my speed. Than yeah. Just being, I don't love a big crowd. Right. No. But I mean, it's just like every you know, and it could be anything you you're looking for, whether it's movie nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Comic books, posters, toys. The, the problem, they're, they're offering, they're selling these different vendors so many things I didn't even know existed. Oh. And I'm I'm fortunately not one of those people who wants to buy toys for the, like, I don't buy Star Wars toys or right. anything. But, like, it never even occurred to me, Game of Thrones toys. And I started oh, looking at this, yeah. and they get these, like, and they were expensive. And I'm like, oh, yeah. just got to walk away. Oh, I know. Like, like, you, like, what would I do with that? Just walk away. Right. I mean, it's you, cool. you, you I could walk it. into a 200 bucks and, like, blow oh, it in a half hour. For sure. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's a, so much fun. And so it's, like, I, to me, I like looking around for, like, the nostalgic stuff from the 70s and 80s. Right. That's kind of my wheelhouse. And, like, I'm always kind of, like, on the hunt. And it's it's fun because, like, you know, and, and they they cater it so smart. Cause like my, I bring in my son and he's not eight now. And like the first thing you walk in 
when you walk, first thing you see when you walk in is this huge Legos booth. They put it in the very front every every year, at least the first two years. And I guarantee you it'll be there again. And they got this they got this enormous T-shirt uh, stand. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of T-shirts of any superhero movie tv show you can imagine it's it's fun and then you go oh my gosh i can't get this anywhere else and then you buy it and you're like you go on amazon like oh yeah it's there for half the price but i gotta have it i gotta have it because i'm at wizard world you know part of the experience it's it's fun so so you talk to i talk to kevin conroy so if you the casual pop culture nerd might not know but i'm guessing the most of diehard batman fans will know he's the voice the longtime voice of Batman from the animated series, which started in '92, and is still going on in all their. Well, it's not the same series, but right in terms of other shows, he's been over the years. With only one or two exceptions, he's the voice. Right there, there is a movie or two where yes, he is not the there's voice. There's a few, like the, they did the Dark Knight Returns ad- adaptation, and I think they had um the guy Peter Weller who did RoboCop. He was the voice, and, and then the star of Gotham. As as the guy would be Commissioner Gordon, I feel like voiced Batman in one of those too, which was he really might have. I'm not was sure. Really weird. But so he's also he's still doing it, and he's doing it for the upcoming um, Gods Among Us video game that's coming out, and he's still doing voiceover for. And he was for the Arkham series. That was a real popular video game series. Oh, that's right. He did that. He did yeah. the, he did that, and he so in you know obviously he's had a long run with Mark Hamill of Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, who's been the longtime voice of the Joker. Right. So I did an interview with him a week ago. I'm gonna write a story for uh, TJF for next week, and he was great. But the, I guess the the most, the really intriguing thing about Conroy is, you know, when he first started, he lived he lived mostly in anonymity, and he and he said you know once it was '92, no internet. I think it was very early, maybe early internet right because it was about when i was going to college and that's yeah kind of when I became aware. but it really boomed like right. what 97 98 right he goes once google was became the mainstream that's when my life really changed and you know he no, no longer can, li- can live anon- anonymously and he loves it and uh entertainment weekly when the lego batman movie came out they did a ranking of the best batmans of all time they put kevin conroy number one i thought and we talked a lot about that and how much you know he he it's not exactly fair. You're not, I, you don't have well, all the responsibilities. Exactly, about, but, and, and you know, but it's just one. He does. Of a, he does a good job. But Entertainment Weekly is that's a pretty big right. honor. And um, but he talked about how when he came into the role of Batman, he knew nothing about the character, that's and that's one of the things that the people who were running the animated show really liked about him because it was a fresh take. It was there was no preconceived notions of the the character. He kind of came in and did his own thing. But we had a really interesting conversation. So That's got to be nuts for like the guy who's also auditioning, who's read every Batman comic ever. Exactly. Like, oh no, give it to that guy. Sure. Right. I know. So, But it's fun. And I, you know, so he'll be at Comic-Con. They also announced just this morning, uh, Anthony Mackie, who played Falcon, really popular character from uh, Captain America Winter Soldier and then the last Avengers film. He's going to be there. I think the, the blonde young girl from Stranger Things is going to be there. Oh, good. I did hear that Michael C. Hall from Dexter had to back out. Okay, when I saw that he was like half committed or something. Yeah, so he he's had to not back out. He's, I think Mackie might have replaced him. But okay. I mean, if you if just to do this once, because I don't know how much longer they're going to keep doing it in here in Cleveland. My guess is they're really popular. God, they get a ton of people. They're going to yeah, keep I it here for a while. They'll do it as long as it's popular. Do it. Just do it one time. I mean, it's not the cheapest ticket in the world, but you know, if you got a young son like me, ten and under, get in for free. It's really cool when you can take your son. Like he walks around with his, these wide eyes. Like I remember 
But is he the whole time, Dad? You gotta buy me this. You gotta buy me. Oh, this. absolutely! Like Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't even know if that is. But I got. We were hunting for that. But like last year was great because it was Star Wars was just completed. Force Awakens. And all he wanted to find was people who were just as Kylo Ren. And he found one, and he was just like, the guy looked phenomenal. And then there was a guy dressed up as uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy people. It, it, he was just like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. If, if you, it, just go, I would just recommend going one time just to kind of experience it. I so. agree. All right, so we're going to wrap up. We're going a little long. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'll actually be at Comic-Con. I'll be taking pictures, posting a photo gallery, and then um, – I'll have that Kevin Conroy story posted sometime early next week or middle of the week. Something like that. Yeah. Figure it out. I, and I, then I'll be watching college basketball while you're at uh, that's right. Comic-Con. Absolutely. That's sacred. Absolutely. So I am uh, at M. Poto and you are at? At Mark Mazouris. So All right. So until two weeks, thanks for listening. This has been a production of the News Herald in Willoughby, Ohio, part of 21st Century Media and Digital First Media.